Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back with you guys for another episode of our Analyzing Arsenal series show, in which we typically look back at the latest Arsenal fixture and break it down and work out where the successes and failures of the fixture have come from. But today, as it is Christmas, we thought we'd do something a little bit different and we're going to be talking all about Gabriel Martinelli. I'm joined by David Hughes. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Tom. Uh, always good to be on the show uh, and looking forward to having a chat about the man of the moment, so mm. to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, he is indeed. He's certainly someone that's burst onto the scene once again. Of course, when he joined from Ituano, he burst onto the scene under Unai Emery, then was kind of away from things with his knee injury, has come back to, to the squads and worked his way back. And there was an element of frustration, I think, from Arsenal fans a lot of the time at the start of the season, especially towards the end of last season, that he wasn't necessarily getting the minutes that maybe a lot of us wanted to see. But now it does look like Arteta bided his time correctly and he's introduced him at the right time and he's really flourishing from it. He is. Look, for me, he become a little bit... Uh, OK, I'm, I'm obviously a little bit more of an outsider than mm. yourself and those listening, but for me, he did become a little bit of a forgotten man, uh, you know, a forgotten attacker uh, at Arsenal for the reasons you've just stated. Um, but and now suddenly the situation's changed a little bit and you start thinking, well, you know, he could probably actually have quite a <clears throat> pivotal role for Arsenal across the rest of the season, based on what we've mm. seen across these last few weeks. He looks really dangerous. Uh, I think he's really good coming in from that left side position into those more central areas. And, um, you know, he's, he's looking like someone who could be a big player for Arsenal over the next few weeks and months. Arsenal are going to need them as well because with Nicolas Pepe obviously going off to the African Cup of Nations, the Bamiyang situation, we are looking a little bit thin uh, in the forward line. So we're going to need to ensure that Martinelli is fully fit and available and with the festive fixtures coming thick and fast, dependent on obviously any postponements that we may face. But he is going to be a crucial member of the squad and he looks to be one of the fittest as well. He runs for days. So you're hoping if we have got a couple of gains within you know close proximity of one another that he is one of those that can continue on and, and play through that period. Um, what I wanted to do was kind of look at how he's kind of progressed this season and specifically and how important his contribution to the fixtures are. He did start that first game of the season against Brentford when both Lacazette and Aubameyang were out because they tested positive for COVID. But he, alongside Fuller and Balogun, who started that game up top, were very, very quiet. You compare that to how he was against Leeds, where obviously he scored that brace. And it's really kind of detailing the difference in his game. He's so much more direct. He's so much more involved with the play and he wants to get on the ball as much as possible and I think that was clear and evident from the way he was set up by Granite Xhaka uh, and the layoff of course that was through for his second goal but what what do you make of kind of his style and what he's trying to put into that Arsenal side yeah well look he's a really good profile isn't he you know he's a he's got a nice blend of pace determination aggression you know he, he, I think he works very hard without the ball as well these are all key traits that you need as an, as an Arsenal attacker in this side and maybe a little bit uh, some of the traits that some of the other Arsenal attackers have, have missed at times um, and I thought against I think I think what we're starting to see a little bit more of and maybe you'll come on to it shortly but I think we're just starting to see a little bit more efficiency in, in his game you know I thought, as a particularly against Leeds' his first goal, I, I thought the finish there was fantastic because it looked as if it was kind of like a a bog standard one, but it, it was a really confident confident strike. Didn't give the keeper a chance, um, and you know he has been converting at a, at a much better rate, you know, compared to the shots he's been getting. And okay, look, we know that forward players. 
it's the nature of the beast. You tend to it, it tends to be fits and scoffs where you know sometimes you'll um, you'll be red hot scoring with virtually what feels like every shot, and then you'll drop off a little bit. But I think if he just keeps adding more consistency, like he's been doing these past few weeks, they could develop to a really, really dangerous Arsenal attacker. He's someone that I think that when you think of what Arsenal under Arteta are about and you think of energy and pressing and, and fluidity, he brings you all of those traits and has been adding that to his game at a more kind of intense rate in the last few weeks against Leeds and Southampton. And in particular, he was really good against West Ham, broke the deadlock in that game too. Um, and in regards to goals, he's clinical when he hits the target, um, which is obviously an interesting statistic this season of those 14 shots that he's taken, the four that have hit the back of the net are the four that have hit the target. And I mean, it, do I look at that, David, as kind of a, as a positive and thinking when he is getting those shots on target, then we're seeing a player obviously that's clinical and he can score goals, but he is hitting quite a lot of them, 28.6% accuracy off the target, or is it a kind of an easy thing to change in his game going forwards? For me, with, with attackers, I'm always of the opinion that it's just about getting in the right positions to score goals, to get shots off on goal. Um, I think it, it's really hard to, uh, I, I touched on it just then, be consistently mm. efficient in front of goal. The absolute best strikers they come, they kind of ride high and they ride low. It's like a roller coaster, you know. Even the best, your you Harry Kane's, for example. I know he's a bit of a swear word on this podcast, but <laughs> uh, he, the, the truth truth is, we can look at it objectively. He's been a fantastic striker, hasn't he, over the years? And uh, but even he has these moments where he'll go through spells of, of not converting. And I, I don't think you can ever truly shape that. But as long as you continue to get yourself in good positions. Um, and maybe if you can try and increase your shout, shot output, then that does tend to boost your goal return. I mean, what's if we have a look quickly now at Martinelli's shots, he, uh, he only had two against Leeds, scored them both. Mm. Um, he was only presented with one against Southampton. Um, he, he did have four against West Ham, and obviously managed to convert one. Um, he only had the one against Newcastle where he scored. So, I mean, looking at that, I'd be... I, I, I think there's a mixture of him um, wanting to be on the end of more goal-scoring opportunities and Arsenal trying to create a little bit more for them. And I think if they can do that, if they can create more chances for him, then the evidence that we're seeing, especially over these last few weeks, suggests that he'll uh, he'll put a good amount of them away. So the, the, the main thing I'd say, Tom, is just about Arsenal creating more chances for him because it's all well and good kind of... Okay, against Leeds, he scores uh, two from two. But the reality is that that is not sustainable. Um, so, ideally, the, the, the best forwards at the biggest clubs tend to get maybe three or four a game. And if we really want them to see him start consistently scoring big goals on a regular basis, then we need a little bit more from um, maybe the rest of the squad in terms of creating goal-scoring opportunities for them. So, he's getting something similar to you know, two or three a game. Yeah, I think the biggest question about Arsenal in general and whether or not they can make that top four this season is where the goals are going to come from across the team. Because Aubameyang's now, as we, we know, is, is in a difficult situation. Lacazette's not going to give you your 20 goals in the Premier League a season anymore. He's not really of that level at this stage in his career. I mean, if he was maybe starting that striking role across 38 games, possibly he could do. 
But at this point in the year, with the games that are left, he's not going to be the one to give us 20 goals. Smith Rowe is, I think, our top scorer with seven in the league, which is the same as Cristiano Ronaldo, to be fair, and he's not had any penalties to take either. Um, Erdogan's had to chip in with some goals. But you look at, I think, Chelsea a couple of seasons ago when they reached top four, scored one of the lowest tallies. It's 58 or something like that around the amount of goals they scored to get to the top four. And if you're thinking that Arsenal don't have a player that's going to score 20 or 30 goals in a season, where are they going to get 58 goals from? And Martinelli, we should be looking to as one of those players that can chip in with, you know, between seven and 10 goals throughout the season to add to that tally. So it's positive he scored four in the first half. Hopefully you can add another, at least another four in in the second half, hopefully even more to help with our push. But uh, that's good. You mentioned creation though, David, and that's kind of the other part of his game that's really improved is, is where he's setting up his teammates. He's created 12 shooting opportunities in the last six games. Uh, one of them was an assist uh, for Erdogan against Manchester United. The other was a corner, uh, of which I actually never really thought of him as a, as a set-piece specialist, to be honest. But his corners have been brilliant. And the corner against uh, Southampton, where he set up Gabriel, was excellent. His interplay in and around the box with Saka's also been good. And then there's a chance where he sets up Saka for another chance against West Ham that was very, very uh, fortunate to be blocked, I think, at the time by Issa Diop. So he's adding that. And they're all left-foot and right-footed opportunities. He's using both feet to create, which is really strong from his side of things too. Yeah, that's a really good point you make because, you know, if you think about from a tactical perspective, normally when you have these kind of left-sided, right-footed attackers, the main purpose of that is, you know, get them on the ball, they can dribble a little bit, uh, cut inside onto the favoured, more dangerous foot and then only shots on goal. But what we're seeing with Martinelli is a, a comfort almost in getting into these dangerous attacking areas. But then if the better chance uh, is using his left foot, he does it and he has a comfort with it. And that is still, even in the elite game, is quite rare to see players with a comfort uh, using both feet. So, it's I mean, it, it, it's really positive because you think uh, not only has he, has he got the end product, but he, especially in these last few games I've saw of him, his, uh, his movements off the, off the ball is fantastic. He's getting himself into these good areas uh, to receive the ball. And then once he's there, he's shown that he's got the composure to then provide, you know, like the, the examples we're looking at now on the screen, really good, dangerous balls into the box for teammates to finish. And I look forward to seeing, hopefully, it continue and, and seeing his relationship, we imagine, would be with Lacazette. But in the future, Arsenal are going to be interested in bringing in a striker. And he's going to have to learn to work with whoever that striker is going to end up being. But the fact that he is looking so good with both his right and left foot in an attacking and creative sense is positive. Lastly, um, looking at kind of the, the element of his game, which has really forced him into Arteta's team, has been how good he is defensively for the side. And there is a, a strange correlation with his best defensive displays and his kind of the displays in which he's giving the most defensively and getting back and tackling do coincide with Arsenal's better results. And you look at the last three league games, Leeds, West Ham and Southampton, and he's winning duels all over the pitch, but there is an emphasis on also winning them in his own defensive thirds. And then you look at the Everton game, where obviously Arsenal were very lacklustre and Everton were able to get on the ball a lot more than maybe we would have hoped that they would have done. And he only had the one duel, which he did win, but that singular duel in that game kind of highlighted Arsenal's lacklustre performance through just him. So... There is now an expectation, David, on him to be giving this kind of commitment defensively in all of the games that he plays. Yeah, you know, Arsenal in a position where they can't really carry anyone without the ball, um, like both sides in the division. Um, I think it, re- it really is important to, that 
attackers within this Arteta side do have this aspect of the game. Um, I mean, I had a quick look before we come on the show and I'm just bringing it back up now. Uh, it's still it's still early days. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't played a ton of matches. Um, I think it's about six six and a bit 90s, you know, 6.8 yeah. 90s. But um, he ranks fifth in the Arsenal squad in terms of the highest number of pressures per 90 so far this season. So, I mean, that's a really good sign. Whether those numbers would stay that high uh, over a higher, uh, sort of like a larger period of minutes, we'll, mm. we'll wait and see as the season progresses. But the early signs are um, he's no slouch without the ball. He works very hard without the ball. And obviously, this is uh, a benefit for, for Arsenal, especially if they want to be pressing from the front and forcing turnovers in really good, uh, valuable areas. I think also what we've seen from Martinelli is he's benefited from having players like Erdogan and, and Lacazette around him who also pressure the opposition a lot. And when you've got kind of everyone working in that same mould and, and have all got the idea to press, which is probably one of the big reasons why Nicolas Pepe has not necessarily been in the team as much because he doesn't have that aspect to his game where he's pressuring the opponents. He's very much an on-the-ball specialist and when out of possession, he doesn't necessarily give you what Arteta wants and probably is why he's not starting so many games. Yeah, and just to add to that point, because I thought it was a really good one you've just made, um, you, you, your name dropped Odegaard, Lacazette. I mean, they're, they're two of the three players who are just just about ranking above Martinelli. So, you know, you, you're looking at a, a decent core group of players there who work really hard and co coherently off the ball, which, as I said, is, is, is good news for Arsenal. Just while I got you, David, to finish up as an Everton fan, um, the, the links to, to Dominic Calvert-Lewin are there. If Calvert-Lewin was to, say, arrive at Arsenal, and I know that's not something you'd like to see, but is he the type that would add to that pressing, do you think? Yeah, 100%. So for a long time, actually, you know, uh, outside of Goodison, uh, Calvert-Lewin's kind of um, profile is basically arisen since he scored goals. So, you know, last season onwards, really, where he started converting on a more regular basis. But what uh, what he's always had in his game, but since very early on, um, even when he didn't necessarily have the goals, was he had a really high work rate. He worked really hard off the ball. He was a nuisance for defenders. Um, he's, he was a willing runner into the channels and behind defensive lines. And, a lot of this uh, was the reason he was still getting a lot of game time up top for Everton, even though he wasn't scoring because he was bringing so much else to the team. Um, it's just in the last 18 months, he started adding goals to his game. And obviously goals what are what tend to get you um, the kind of... Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, because they're so important. Um, so that's why he's now everybody's talking about him. But make no mistake about it, from an Arsenal perspective, he adds everything that we've just been talking about, uh, which is what makes him such an attractive proposition uh, if Arsenal were to make a move. Good stuff. David, thank you so much, as always, mate, for coming on the show. I think we've broken down comprehensively Martinelli's game and got even a little hint of maybe who his partner could be in the future. Thanks so much. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, yeah, just uh, uh, normally on Twitter is probably the best place at DAHughes underscore and any Arsenal content you'll find on Football London that I produce.
Absolutely. Do go check it out. You can find us on Twitter at the Arsenal AM5. You can find myself at Tom Canton Media. We will be back with, of course, plenty more content towards the end of the year as well as we continue to cover Arsenal's fingers crossed race towards the top four. And uh, and Dave will be back as well throughout the season to help us break down more Arsenal performances. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and help us reach 6,000 subscribers. See you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah. Yeah.